This episode of The Hungry Gardener is brought to you by the Pearl Film Company, producing high-quality creative content across all storytelling forms, including traditional TV commercials, films, television, documentaries, podcasts, and brand-integrated content. Go to thepearlfilmco.com. This episode of The Hungry Gardener podcast is brought to you by yourgrocer.com.au. Simply order online and enjoy same-day delivery right to your kitchen bench. You can choose from some of Melbourne's best independent butchers, bakers, grocers and coffee roasters and receive it all in one delivery. So skip the traffic, parking and queues and go to yourgrocer.com.au. Enter the promo code HUNGRY to receive two weeks free delivery and $20 off your first order. That's yourgrocer.com.au and remember to enter the promo code HUNGRY to receive your discount today. Hello listeners and welcome to the Hungry Gardener podcast, where I talk to passionate and inspiring guests about my two favourite topics, food and gardening. This is the second podcast we recorded on our road trip to Ballarat in central Victoria. We met and spoke with Lou Risdale, the founder of the Food is Free not-for-profit initiative in Ballarat. We spoke to her in the laneway beside her house, which is the official hub for the local community engagement. It's such a simple and fantastic idea. People can leave excess food for others to share. Anyone can pick up seeds to use to grow food and people can drop off compost to be managed and shared. It's a really interesting idea with a community at its heart. Lou has also been instrumental in setting up further community garden initiatives as well. We discussed what motivates her and how the food is free idea came to be. For more information, go to foodisfree.com.au or visit thehungrygardener.com.au. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Talking about that, yes. you've got this gorgeous garden here or lane with this concept. Can you so talk us through it a little space. bit? Yeah, I absolutely can. So, you know, this is a space that it doesn't belong to me, which I love because greenifying this space and taking over this space and occupying this space is naughty. It's really, it's it's illegal, which is fantastic. So the reason I did it was I'd been reading so much about guerrilla gardening, okay. the movement. I'd read a lot about um, people like Ron Finley, who's an absolute hero of mine. He's based in South Central LA and he basically calls himself the gangster gardener. Yep. And he essentially recognised that there was food security issues in his neighbourhood, which is predominantly black, predominantly crime riddled, um, really bad scene basically and he was really um, infuriated that his people were dying of disease and diabetes and they didn't have access to fresh food so he took that a step further and decided to do something about himself because he like myself believed that everyone's responsible just to make a little change doesn't have to be a grandiose movement or a, a big statement just a really small step to actually tell your fellow humans yeah. that you care. Yeah. It's exactly what he did. So he set up a plot of land at the front of his front doorstep and grew food. Yeah. And he taught his neighbourhood, especially the kids in the neighbourhood, to grow their own food and empower themselves and make themselves break that cycle of you know intergenerational health issues, yeah. um, intergenerational knowledge of not knowing where your food comes from. So for me to be able to do this here in Ballarat 
it's very different to South Central LA, yeah. but it does impact. And I've seen that over the four years that we've been running this laneway now. So I started out with a group of friends. We decided to have a barbecue. I, I really wanted to do it. Um, and so I wanted to do it with a group of people. I didn't want it to be the Lou Ridsdale project. It's not. Yeah. It's about community. Everything I do is community orientated and we are a collective and we make group decisions. It is beside my property. So yeah. it's that adage of community, um, charity begins at home. Yeah. So sometimes that does impinge upon my, you know, um, personal life. Yeah. It, it does, you know, people are on my doorstep all the time. Yeah. Um, there's had to be some boundaries that I've had to put on that, but that's yeah. okay. You know, everyone is really respectful. There's not been an incident in this magical space yeah. in four years, which is unbelievable. Can you elaborate a little bit what the project is and what it's sure. called? As yeah, well? well, I mean, having having got really inspired by people like Ron Finley, Food is Free actually started in Austin, Texas with an amazing guy called John and he and I have become Facebook buddies and I will meet him one day. I'm really keen to have a, have a chat and a hug and a conversation with the man who actually inspired me to do something with Food is Free and take it a step further, do it here in Australia. To my knowledge, it was happening in Tassie, okay. but I don't really know how far they'd got into it because from their Facebook page, it looked like someone had set one up. Yeah. That was pretty much it. There wasn't a hell of a lot of activity. Um, so f to my knowledge on the first one in Australia to have started Food is Free, but Food is Free is open source. Yeah. So the way John set it up is that anyone can do it. Yeah. So the way he did it was that he put a planter garden bed on the front lawn at his property in Austin, Texas, and he encouraged his neighbours to come and pick the food if they needed the food and yep. he left a sign on it saying hashtag food is free yep. that was how food is free started and then his neighbor said i love that john can i have one too yep. then he got a group together to do veggie boxes out the front of everyone's front yard dotted all along his street and then it went from his street to the next street yep. to the next suburb to the next town to the next um you know state and then it you know ripple effect occurred from that one small movement that one decision that he made to grow food on his front lawn because he cares about his neighborhood he cares about community he cares about a conscience where you're thinking about your neighbor yeah. you're thinking specifically about someone who's disadvantaged and that's what i really loved about food is free and i loved the fact that it was open source and i loved the fact that you can really just turn it into whatever you want it to be. You take ownership of that. It's like someone passes you the ball and you can kick the goal in any fashion that you want. So the way we kicked the goal was that we picked up the ball and I said, there's a space beside my home that is not being utilised. It doesn't belong to me. I don't own it. So that's where the guerrilla gardening comes into it. And we set up a whole space here so people can drop off their food scraps. So we eliminate food waste. People can drop off their surplus food if they grow it to drop it off in this space so people can take it. We have a saying, no one's judged on what they bring or take, as long as they leave with a smile. And we only accept fresh fruit, herbs and um, vegetables. You know, other charities look after people with packaged food. Okay. We are also all about advocating healthy lifestyle, growing your own, putting power back into your own pocket, self-sufficiency and community. That's exactly what we do here. Okay. So can we visualise yeah, it for the listeners? Absolutely. At the front of this laneway, you've got some uh, compost bins. Yep. 
So how does that that work? We have all sorts of people drop off compost, um, specifically people who probably live in apartments in Ballarat who don't have their own compost system and they want to participate. So what we essentially did with this whole um, laneway was that we wanted to engage people so they could come and contribute if they don't grow their own food. So there's lots of little mechanisms that we've got here where people can drop stuff off where they're not part of the system. Talking and about that. Well, speaking of which, someone's just dropping right off now. coffee. Thank you very much coffee for that. Coffee, Graham. Thank you. I've got more. Amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, someone's just dropping off coffee. Great example of how people can, can be part of it. And then once I realised people can be part of it, it's a case of people then own it and people yeah. feel involved and connected to it rather than just coming and just passively putting stuff and then walking away. This is exactly a community in action. This lady dropping off coffee grinds is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Good on you. Thank you. That's okay. There's more. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> um, and then, then we've got two compost bins at the top of the laneway, which essentially um, we've got a compost team who come along and we turn the compost waste into soil that grows more food for our community. Okay. So it makes us a self-sufficient um, system as well. And it's a great way of eliminating food waste. And people being aware of the fact that if you put it in our bin rather than landfill, yep. it's better for the environment. Yep. So that's what we do here with the coffees and the eggshells right next to the coffee grind bin here. There's a um, bin for people to drop off their eggshells, which then I put in the oven and then crush up, put on the garden beds, and that eliminates the um, snails and the um, slugs and also means that the nutrients go into the ground as well. So yeah, we've got a whole bunch of little things that people can drop off. We've got um, people can drop off there. There's a whole list of things on on our um, on our gate that sort of specifies what people can can, can be yeah yeah and contribute. So it's amazing to know that people drop off their spare jars so that people can then recycle them, take them with them, and make preserves and jams and jellies and whatever else they want to use jars for. So. Egg cartons, we get people to drop off egg cartons, which means that then they get ripped up, go into our compost system, and it makes more soil so we can grow more food for our community. Or we use them as our, we've got a green team, we get together with a whole bunch of people first day of every month um, where we plant seeds and grow food for the community so they can come and collect seedlings. Yeah. So every time someone comes with an action, it usually there's a cycle that's involved there and there's a consequence of what they do when they drop something off here, which is what I love about Food is Free Laneway. Okay. Well, if we move up a little bit as yep. well, you've got over this section, I'm gathering it's produce. You've, so this is produce that you've grown or is it? This has all been dropped off by our community. I actually haven't grown any of this. Um, the reason the laneway started obviously is because I'm an avid gardener, I grew way too much food. And then I started bringing stuff out. But within a month, people actually started dropping stuff off and reciprocating. So it was amazing. Um, it was quite funny when I first set up because people walk past and say, are you doing a garage sale? What's going on? And then they couldn't get the concept in their head that this was for free, that they could take it because people quite often came along and said, are we stealing? Yeah. So there's that. It, it sort of debunks that whole kind of theory that, um, gosh, you don't get anything for free in yeah. society but you actually do here at Food is Free Laneway because that's what we sort of dispel that myth that, you know, yeah, someone's out there looking after you. If you've got a hungry belly, come on down. Yep. If you want to eat well and you don't grow your own food, come on down. If you've got too much, drop it off. Someone's belly's hungry, bring it down. So this food we're actually eyeballing right now is definitely from other people's backyards in Ballarat, which is just phenomenal. So 
it's you know it's a case of there's been some grapefruits here there's some lemons some citrus um, citrus season at the moment in Ballarat um, someone's dropped off some um, rosemary and also some leftover parsley from their garden so that's that's a yeah um, opportunity for people to come down and grab that if they're needing a feed okay and you're also giving, I see over here, doing some seedlings and plants as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Which is what I like, encouraging people to actually go and, and, and be involved themselves. Totally. What we're really about here at Food is Free Laneway is actually advocating education. Yeah. We don't want people just to come and grab something and take it. I mean, they're very welcome to if they want to, obviously. But we want to go a little deeper than that. We want to encourage and advocate how to grow your own food. And that's why everything we do has got an education bent to it as well. So you'll see a lot of signs on the on the gate that says what to grow in Ballarat in springtime. There's a lot of opportunities for people to engage. There's a worm farm. Kids can have a look at the worm farm, see how that works. Maybe go back home and do it, you know, with their families if they want to. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that people can actually come and take. The seedling rack is really important to me personally because I know then that's encouraging people to take that and start their own garden yeah. if they're not, you know, inclined or they don't have the information or they don't know how to do it. It's basically saying, give it a go. Yeah. It's not that hard. It doesn't yeah. have to be – you don't have to be some sort of horticultural wizard to put something in the ground. And there's so much out there these days, you know, in terms of internet to have a look of how to grow some food. So we really encourage anyone to give it a go and it doesn't have to be perfect. Just give it a go. You know, um, we've got a seeds toolbox, which is a really important part of the laneway. And one of my favourite si um, sounds in the entire laneway um, is the, the lifting of the lid of that toolbox. So we'll go and have a look yeah, at that and do right. that right now. <laughs> We've got a herb rack too that, you know, people come and grab a sprig of parsley or a sprig of thyme rather than going to the supermarket and buying a whole bunch and then it withers and dies within, you know, 30 seconds it feels like when you purchase stuff from the uh, stupid markets. Yeah. And it encourages people just to take a sprig or two all they need for their meal that night or, you know, and it encourages people not to waste you know, and it doesn't get thrown out that way. So you've been going for four years. Yeah. How and the community knows about this, obviously, now. How has it been received by the community? Incredibly well. Um, as I said, I'm a publicist by trade, so obviously that's been very advantageous to get the word out. So we've been on Better Homes and Gardens and we've done a lot of sort of, you know, um, newspaper media and that sort of thing, which has been fantastic. Um, considering, you know, we're four years young, We've, we've done a hell of a lot in that four years. And the first summer that we actually set it up with the group of friends that I set it up with, um, it was a bumper harvest. So we were really lucky. Like, I think the planets had really aligned yeah. for us properly, um, which meant that people actually just really started coming down here, yeah. you know, in droves. And it kind of surprised me how quickly it gravitated and people were really into it. But I think... You know, it set up in October. By the time it was March, you know, that six-month period had evolved and our share table was groaning because there was so much food here. Yeah. I actually used to have to run after people in the lane and say, come back and take more food because it will perish if you don't. Yeah. You know, people were quite polite about it. And I was like, don't be polite. Take as much as you want because it's hot weather and those plums will perish. Please yeah. come and take as much as you want. And if you can't eat it all, give it to some friends. So I think we did really well getting the word out. Facebook's so good for that. I love anything about DIY media and, yeah. you know, getting that word out. Um, so I think we're really lucky, you know, we, we were really And how blessed. has it been received by, say, the local council? Unbelievably 
supportive. I pinch myself every day that they've been so wonderful about it because this is illegal, what we're doing here. And it's a case of it's kind of no man's land. So there's no real jurisdiction on this space that we're standing on right now. So when I did it, I wasn't aware of that. So within a couple of months, I was kind of a bit tentative as to whether someone would knock on the door and say, hey, you know, the gig's up. You've got to pull the pin. This is illegal. And what you're doing is not what society accepts. So... It was about six months and so many people were actually coming along. We get about 100 people a day here on a very hot day in Ballarat, which is a hell of a lot of people coming through. That's a lot of traffic. Um, What I find is quite often people come for conversation, not for food, which I can get into a bit later if you want to sort of delve into that. But one day, it was probably about six months into the venture, um, we got a little bit of local media and there was the knock at the door and it was the council lady with the clipboard. And I was ready for it. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, someone's complained in that case. No. 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 That's what I thought because I opened the door with hostility and I had my speech already and it involved the words, you're very mean-spirited. If you're going to close this down, people are really into it and the community is really supportive. All my neighbours love it, so how very dare you? And before I even unleashed all of that tirade, she literally said, I'm here to help. How can we support you? I'm from community development team. And I said, Caroline, come in and have a cup of tea, which we did. And she's been nothing but supportive since. The entire department at City of Ballarat um, community development team have been incredibly supportive. Um, Greens councillor here, Belinda Coates, has been phenomenally supportive. Um, Everyone's just gravitated towards it. And we've never had an instance where people have said, no, you can't do this which I was so shocked and surprised with. You know, after reading so much about guerrilla movement all over the world, there's certain towns, you know, that have, you know, edible gardens all throughout the town. And then there's other places where you put veggies on your front verge, the council very quickly come down on you like a tonne of bricks. So it depends on the council and how amenable they are to what you're doing. And you are sort of bucking the system. You are going against what society tells you. That, right. that being said, that's also to do with the community because yep. quite often the council will only totally. get upset if the community gets exactly. upset. But if the community exactly. is... Well, I think council knew if, you know, after we got a bit of gravi- you know um, traction with media and there were so many people coming here and the community really did depend upon it, we started getting volunteers yeah. helping me out because it was too much for me to do as well. And they kind of knew it would be kind of pitchforks at Town yeah. Hall if they, if they went, hey, hang on, you can't do this, we're not happy with this. Which is, you're commendable. What you're doing in terms of taking ownership is, a lot of people think, this is my my experience, is they'll go, I'll wait for the council to to start up a community garden. Mm. I'll wait for the council to set up the local club. All of the things that you see today, whether it be the local cricket club, the local tennis club, local gardening club was set up by individuals and we as people need to take that back as Absolutely. a community and to do that so you it's great what you're doing from, yeah from well my perspective i just think everyone can do it you know yeah. do a little thing like food is free is all about you know put a zucchini on your letterbox and leave a message saying food is free people can walk yeah. past and grab it get a box of citrus and put it at your local um, tram stop or bus shelter yeah. and that's where people hang out if they're you know in masses so that food will go very quickly if you've got extra you know if you've got extra think of someone else yeah. You know, really greedy people, you know, tend to hoard food. I just, that's never been my mentality. It's like, I've always been involved with community groups and been a volunteer myself, you know, so I just kind of think, good grief, we're all in it together, you know, and as you said, it is up to council to set these sort of things up, but they set them up and they're so stifled with governance and rules and you can do this, you can't do that. 
So I just went, you know what, take the bull by the horns and just yeah. do it yourself. And everyone has that power and everyone has that responsibility yeah. to do it. So that's why I do it, you know, yeah. because I just think, plus, you know, I love colouring outside of the square. Yeah. I've always been that person. I don't, you know, my life's not normal. Yeah. Because I was going to say, uh, you don't make money out of this. Oh, God, no. So what is what is it you get from it? Oh, uh, look, you know, it's quite funny. Sometimes people say, God, you, you know, you invest so much time and quite often my income is compromised, you know, and I don't earn much because I'm in the arts sector. But I have literally gained so many amazing friendships from it, from our volunteer team to people who drop in for a chat in the laneway, as I said, people come for conversation. I know all of my neighbours so well now. I normally would just kind of give them a wave and turn on your heel and go back inside. You know, that's how I lived in Melbourne for 20 years. And I think there was a certain period of my life that I kind of forgot connection with community. And because um, I'd been so involved with community media for so many years in my 20s, there was something that happened in my 30s that I just kind of lived my life in a bubble and didn't really connect apart from my music community which was my industry where I worked I kind of didn't really reach out beyond that so to meet people in the laneway and do a community project like this the rewards are unbelievable because you meet so many people who tell you their story that make you reconsider your own life and where you're at and your own health and happiness and you realize the plight of what people have to go through and the hurdles they go through, and they're still smiling. Yeah. You just go, that is reward enough. You know, meeting these incredible characters in your community and connecting and, you know, God, we just don't connect anymore. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, one of the best things I ever did was to, to start gardening in my front yard because yep. it allowed me to speak to my neighbours. Absolutely. But the other thing that you touched on quite just quickly was yep. I love it how plants don't discriminate. No. You no, know, and it's through plants that you They're can, marvelous. they, yeah, that doesn't matter who, what, where you come from, yep. it can connect us all. Well, I sort of, coming from the music industry too, there's a lot of ego and a lot of artificial kind of attachment to being famous and I'm a publicist so I make people famous and I always people say why do you like gardening and it's because well vegetables don't have egos and musicians do and I just I'm always propping them up and making them famous and making them shine whereas my time in my garden is with generally with myself and solitude and it helps my well-being and they, the vegetables love you. Yeah. Doesn't matter what's going on. They yeah. just love you anyway because you're tending to them, you're nurturing them. But it's a different kind of nurturing to what I was doing in my day job. So, yeah. but you know, as you said, it's really important to bring gardens out into community. And you know, what we do across the road at green space, which is a whole different space to the laneway as well, is we decided to grow food with our with our community. But instead of being a community garden where you come and buy a plot of land and, you know, families come and garden or you get to know your fellow plot members in the community garden, we decided Ballarat's already got a community garden, so we wanted to do something different. We wanted to have those garden beds assigned to those who are vulnerable and at risk and marginalised and come from low socioeconomic backgrounds who can't afford a plot, so they can come and garden for free with us. So we've just talked up with the local Salvos and we're going to get them along next week. We're kicking off a program with them where they come and garden and they're from a shelter that's not far from here where they're, you know, fleeing from domestic violence, all sorts of problems with drugs and crime and alcoholism and whatever's going on in their life. Come and garden with us. 
which is a fabulous idea because quite often the biggest thing that I see, community gardens exist in communities that have the ability to know how to, to navigate the local council, to get things, that they're, they're educated enough. Yep. And quite often it's those that are under underprivileged yep. that don't have those resources and need them. So that's totally. also a fantastic yeah. approach. I just, you know, any any encouragement or, or help that we can give people who don't think they have the means to garden yeah. or don't have the know-how or don't have those knowledge and skills. You know, we want to do a whole bunch of workshops across the road that are free for people to come and learn really basic skills to take home and do it for themselves so they can empower themselves and break that cycle of poverty and bad eating and all the things that, you know, pull people down when they're in a space, you know, where they're wondering when their next meal's coming from. Um, I've had people who come along in the lame way in the last four years that I've got to know very personally whose lives have changed from the lame way. You know, they, they were very drug and alcohol affected when they first came here. They've got a child now. They're clean. They're um, come along and they got so excited that we we're growing food and they could take it with them. And then they started taking the seedlings and then they opened up the seeds toolbox and they started taking food home. And then they'd meet me in the laneway and talk yeah. to me about what food they were growing. Yeah. That stuff. That's yeah. why I'm doing it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So powerful. Yeah, it is. You can change lives through food. You can sh- change lives through what I call food activism. Yeah. And we are a community in action and everyone's responsible. You're not feeling alone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So this is the Seeds Toolbox that I was talking to you about. And this is this glorious sound of people every time that opens. We've got parsnip in here. We've got some wasabi lettuce. We've got some spring onions, some parsley, some hollyhocks to bring the bees to the garden as well. We're all about um, encouraging people to grow as organically as they possibly can. Um, so we quite often have little flower seeds in there as well. So kale, parsnip, whatever people want to come and take, they just take as much as they want, take it with them, and they're on their way. It's a great idea. You know what I'm doing at my house now? What's that? <laughs> doing exactly that. Are you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. As simple yeah. as that. Yeah. You can just simply put a toolbox or a, a box thing. out the front. I don't have enough space yeah, to yeah. garden, yeah. so I, I have so much stuff. Yeah. I've done exactly the same when I'm gardening in my nature strip because yes. I get excess plants and yeah. those sort of things. Like, can people take it? Because yeah. otherwise they, I get upset. Yeah. It's like when you buy a punnet and, it's, and yes. it's like, I oh, actually God. only need two of those seedlings. What do I do with the rest of it? I know. So if you can share it with people. It's waste. That's yes. it. You've, and gardeners are very generous people. Yeah. They've always been, as far as I've been concerned, yeah. gen- they're very generous people, which is why the laneway's really taken off and why so many people do grow produce. And I'm sure they're at home thinking I'll grow an extra couple of, you know, cabbages to bring down to the laneway they're actually thinking of someone else rather than just their own you know needs it's quite incredible it's really powerful to think that you're changing people's mindsets as well um and yeah you know the seeds why do we have packets of seeds of 2,000 bloody carrots no one's going to grow 2,000 carrots so that's the other thing we encourage people to do is got a half packet of seeds bring them down you know if they're already open doesn't matter pop them in the seeds toolbox someone will use them don't waste waste, they are we hate waste in the lane so yeah there's a whole bunch of sort of seedlings on display here um pretty soon we're getting actual raised garden beds going to be installed so that's the next project in the next two weeks it's springtime so obviously it's a time to sort of you know get interested in in really establishing the laneway at a good time of year for our fourth birthday. It's our gift to ourselves, some raised garden beds, um, and make it a bit more permanent too. Um, Pots. Pot exchange, I love this. Yeah, people can come and drop off their pots. 
you know, it's that system of, you know, leave what you, um, you know, take what you need, leave what you don't. It's just that adage of, you know, how many spare punnets and, and as a gardener have you got at the back of the garden shed just stored there and they're doing nothing, you know. Bring them here. And to be honest, there's about 100 here last week. Yeah. We're eyeballing probably about 20. You know, that's how quickly people things come and go from yeah. the laneway. People quite often go, oh, do you get vermin? Well, we don't because we don't have a chance to. Yeah. <laughs> the food comes in and out at a rapid rate because we've got so many visitors. And so many people actively engaged in this space. It's amazing. Jars and bottles, bottle exchange. You know, how many people have got a cupboard full of old jars that we're just not using? So, you know, that's that opportunity to, to bring them on down to the laneway. And, you know, these go coming in and out as quickly, you know, as the day and night comes. It's They get utilised a lot. They're incredible. Something like that's everyone at home has got an egg carton they can drop off here, a toilet roll holder that we can grow seedlings in, uh, you know, jars and bottles. Simple. How simple is that? Yeah, it's, 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 it's why aren't we doing more of it? I really? That, I think that's yeah. the question as well. It's such a great idea and yeah. we should be doing a lot more. It's ridiculously um, easy. And I don't, I, do you get, so you mentioned earlier, but no one ever goes, oh, that's such a, a silly idea or no, you know no I've one. literally never had anyone go this place sucks <laughs> I mean look at it it's bright it's colorful when you compare it to the laneway across the road which is beige and yeah. boring and lifeless and you look at the life that's engaged in this small space and the activity and when you see people come and go with smiles on their faces and you know I've seen people have reunions they haven't seen each other for 20 years there's all sorts of stuff that happens in this lane it looks homely and on that point though it is your home how do you deal with people coming in and out all the time as well I'm used to it now and after four years I just literally wouldn't want it any other way yeah yeah and I've always could always slink back inside if I you know need a bit of privacy and um, you know I have 40 volunteers who help us out now and they're responsible for keeping the laneway safe and clean and you know they come into my backyard all the time and I'm just so used to people coming in and out now I think it'll be really weird I was quite isolated there for a long time I work from home so I sort of was living in a little cocoon and now that it's on my doorstep you know and people are here all the time it's actually I would really struggle if it went back to what it was before. So you started it with uh, an idea. Yep. Has it become that thing or has it... It's evolved beyond my wildest dreams. Um, When council came to knock on the door that day and say, we want to support you, I thought, well, sure, I'll I'll step it up a notch and see how far they really want to go. And I said, couldn't we have the land across the road? Just bit cheeky thinking they'd say no and they said yes (laughs) so the next thing was we had a space to grow food on mass so that was my next plan because I'd realized that we'd exhausted the space here in the laneway you know it's only limited with what we can do in this small contained space and I knew that they were redeveloping the oval directly diagonally opposite us and it's in central Ballarat so it gets utilized a lot and I kept eyeballing this this land that just wasn't being used and I was like what a great space to grow food on mass for people who are vulnerable and need food. Because I know food security in Ballarat is a really big issue. Um, it's a massive issue. There's there's a lot of reasons why that is the case. Um, so I just kind of thought, well, let's just chip away at it. It's a small thing to do, but let's grow some food for people, you know, in some garden beds away from the laneway where we can penetrate and be impactful. 
and also have that space to teach people how to grow their own food and conduct workshops and skill shares and all sorts of cool groovy things across the road and activate that land. So where do you see the future of this project? It doesn't stop. Like when I first sat down and literally sort of um, it sounds a bit crazy, but when I put those, you know, first few plants out after the barbecue with my friends and set up Food is Free, I actually sat down and wrote a 10-year plan. That's how mad <laughs> and enthused I was about the whole project and still to this day am. So my next thought was instantly, well, we need to get a farm. Well, we need to get space of land. Well, we need to grow food en masse. Well, we need to have a space to educate people how to do this because it's so empowering and so many people need to know these skills and... We're so disconnected these days with land and people don't know where food comes from and, you know, we need to teach next generation where, you know, how to grow a spinach and put it on your plate and what to do with it um, and really connect with food. So my mind just went off into different tangents and thought, well, let's not even stop there. Let's get food as free gardens in prisons and so that the prisoners can actually be making, um, creating, growing food to go to women's shelters. How mind-blowing would that be to know that they're doing something other than, I don't know what they do in prison, you know, make licence plates, whatever the hell they do sitting around, you know, in their spare time. Get them involved in a community project like Food is Free, have a Food is Free garden in a prison setting for those people to grow food for something useful like women's shelters or, you know, people who are fleeing from, you know, issues where they have to have stay in rooming houses and all sorts of things like that. You know, have food is free in hospitals. Good grief. Hospitals are one of the worst places to visit and they're supposed to be promoting health and each courtyard is so depressing. Why not have a little garden bed there so they've, you know, not only the health staff who are looking after the ill can go out and have a break from their, you know, it's pretty harrowing work, you know, have the patients go out and do some gardening and the visitors. Visitors are a key thing. Yep. I think they're in and out and yep. it's like how do they yep. be connected to that community Hospitals as well. Are phenomenally depressing. Yep. They should be green, you know. It's crazy that they're not. Yeah, and they're advocating issues. health. I know, I hear you. There's some issues there though with they, they about obviously having green life in, in that space but it doesn't mean that it has to be inside and just on the way in. Exactly. Prime example to be able to share stuff. Totally. That we, they can... Um, uh, we have a rehabilitation centre around the corner of the Queen Elizabeth home, which I was involved in setting up a garden there. It's not quite set up yet, but um, we're getting there. So, you know, that can be simple. It's in a courtyard that wasn't being used. It's rehabilitation for people who've had accidents and all sorts of things, and they're just loving the space, you know, that they're actually taking it over now, and they're going to grow veggies there. So what advice, so what advice can you give to listeners if they wanted to to set up something similar? Oh, just do it. Don't even think about it. Like, literally do it with a really full heart and know, you know, that whatever you do, you're going to make a difference, you know. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't be thinking like I am and want to take over the world and greenify everything and go to prisons and go to health, you know. Do something really simple, very small, really impactful. You could leave a seeds toolbox out the front of your house. You could leave a zucchini on the letterbox, like I mentioned before. You can leave some citrus at the bus stop, you know. You can have a look at your local park and if there's a little patch there that you can gorilla garden, go for it. <laughs> you know, have a think about what you want to do, what you can invest your time in um, and just do something, you know. It doesn't have to be every day. You could do something once a month. You could do something once a year. But if every single person on the planet made a choice to find whatever their groove is, whatever they want to do, that makes them feel happy that they're contributing to society, 
to ease food security, to greenify the planet, to, you know, connect again with food. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of things. Sky's the limit. Thank you so much for showing this laneway. It is very inspiring. And, um, yeah, I hope it inspires other people to go and do the same. You are so welcome. It is a very magical space and I'm thrilled to have you here. Thank you. Did you want to have a look at green space? We haven't even yeah, looked there yet. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, my garden never stays still. I should be fluid. And yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I'll go, I'm getting rid of everything. So I'll have everything in pots. <laughs> and then next thing I've gotten rid of all the pots. <laughs> I'm starting fresh and then they all creep back in yeah, and I go, right. well, what, how'd that happen? I was supposed <laughs> to be nice and clean. And oh, it's an addiction. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good addiction, truly. It's like anything, my sister always says, anything you do, you're always intense with it. Like, so yeah. my music, I was really intense with it. With my veggie growing, I just do it to the, you know, the nth degree because well, I addictive. love things. It is addictive. You know. I'm always learning something in the garden. And That's what I love about it. extra to put in. So totally. there's always never not enough space. Absolutely. You no. could have five acres and you would still not have enough totally. space. Totally. Yeah. And you can always find space. Yeah, yeah. Like pots are great. You know, you move them around and... That's why I grow so many things in pots, you know. I think yeah. because I was always renting for like, you know, I'm still renting, but yeah. like I moved 20 times in 20 years. So it's kind of a case of just you had pots on the balcony and that was what, how I was used to growing food. Yeah. But I love it because you can change them around and, you know, have a different landscape every day if you sort of move your pots around. So cute. Guinea pigs are yeah. great. Guinea pigs are great because they eat all the weeds. So yeah. I just let the weeds grow and then that's their food. Just let them so, out? Yeah. Is that what you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, um, they don't roam free. I take the cage yeah. off the top and they'll go on the grass. They're okay. my lawn mowers. Yeah, yeah. Don't mow the lawns. And the chooks. Of course, our fabulous recycling friends. How many chickens you got here? I've got six. Six? <laughs> I love them. That was the best thing I ever did, getting chickens, because they're just the ultimate recycle machines, and um, gosh, they're fun. They're so entertaining to yeah. watch. I can't figure out if they're the smartest creature or the dumbest creature. You both. know, you just like, both. you look, can watch them for hours. Oh, mate, they're like my TV. I come out here and um, when I'm gardening, they're always following me around. There's a couple of rescues who are pretty yeah. high maintenance, because they came from a um, flock of 800 They were being bred for zoo fodder. So these would have ended up in a crocodile's mouth. <laughs> and um, they were bald when they came here, but yeah. they're really friendly because they used to be in a pack of 800. So they're always, whenever I'm turning a sort of soil, they're right there on top of me every time. And they, they're my pest control management system and um, entertaining. And on top of that, they give you eggs. So they're amazing. And I think moving back to the country, that's what I really wanted to do was, you know, have an actual urban backyard and this space of land is incredibly large for inner central you know Ballarat so okay. I'm really lucky which well, is where the gardening bug is low. you've got all this light that walnut tree is um, historically preserved because it's so old and so is the plum behind us cool. so when the property was for sale um, I was really concerned that someone would buy it um, over. and subdivide it because yeah. that's what happens in big properties like this but um, when I so I went to the local media and I just put a shout out for anyone who wanted to purchase the house yep. to save the laneway on a whim, thinking, oh well, you know, there's power in media and just try that little angle. It probably won't happen. This woman actually bought the house to save the laneway, so she's a saviour. <laughs> she's incredible. So I can stay here for as long as I, I you're, like. You're number one fan. Yep, 
she's been she's unbelievable like i don't know anyone who's purchased property you know in, in my world <laughs> to save a cause like it's really she's such a altruistic amazing woman yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's amazing that someone would would do that but yeah. you know you've yeah. obviously you've sparked something in a lot of people yeah. in the community so i guess i'm yeah. very grateful <laughs> yeah so there's the backyard and we can go across the road to the um green space and check that out grandmother still to this day and she's on the pension yep. but she gets so much out of that garden of course yeah the other reason i think they did it was because they could grow stuff they couldn't grow yep. or yep. buy from the supermarket yep. but it also connected them back to yeah. their life back of course it home did. Yeah, and their did. community but that whole notion of being able to actually yeah is it e economically viable you have to get yeah. past a certain stage yeah. to start making it little work rats for on the treadmill and we realize that we go to the supermarket get food put on our plates Eat the food, don't think about yeah. the food, go to sleep, repeat. Yeah. Whereas you go, oh my God, if you grow your own food, you start thinking about seasonality. Yeah. You start thinking about what can I grow? I've got three ingredients from the patch. What am I going to make? Yeah. And so your association there is totally turned around yeah. compared to what it was if you went, walked into a supermarket to purchase something to put in your belly and yeah. just literally swallow it, not even think about it. What I love about your concept though yeah is that you don't have to have a massive backyard, you don't have to produce a lot, but you can still be involved. Totally, and that's why the laneway is so indicative of yeah, the yeah. fact that you can grow produce in a yeah. space that's very limited. Yeah. And you can do it very easily. Yeah, so you can almost be self-sufficient yep. without having to be self, like, yep. at all, but yep. you can be, as a community, you can be self-sufficient. You can, yeah. it's very easy. You've just got to learn the skills and, these skills aren't being taught in the classroom. So yeah. come and learn it at a community space like yeah. Food is Free Green Space. Okay. And we want to do it for free. Yeah. We don't want to put barriers in front of people who want to improve their life, who want to eat healthy, who want to learn the skills to be self-sufficient, but they don't have the money. Oh, my God, all of these courses, PDCs and all the rest of they're so expensive. What sort of a barrier is that putting in front of people? Yeah. You know, that's a huge hurdle for somebody to really get over to improve and change their lives and break that cycle yeah it's impossible yeah. so that's why it's so important so this we're here at the this is a, the local city of ballarat band is this a band yeah, room it's a originally band hall originally and they still practice here okay. um so it's one of those fantastic community halls that have multi-users so we're one of them and the band we share with, and two days a week it's a kindergarten. Okay. So how good for us to have a space where two days a week the kinder put their scraps into our worm farms. Yeah. You know, veggie scraps, and the kids are learning that association. Yeah. So we launched this space in March this year with Costa. He came along, of course, to, um, to um, MC, and he was fantastic, and he's always been so supportive of what we do here because um, he gravitates towards, you know, community projects yep. like the, ours. And we launched it, but we're still getting the infrastructure, you know, set up and um, being a volunteer group, it's very grassroots. We don't have money. So we make things, we repurpose, we try to do it as economically as possible. Um, and these things take time because it's a community group and we've all got day jobs. So yep. it's, it's a work in progress. And what we wanted this space to be was a fruit recycle waste sort of station so kids and people who 
want to learn skills can come and actually eyeball the worm farms and eyeball the compost system and know that they can drop stuff off themselves here at this space to make soil for us to grow food and around the other side of the space is where we grow the food. So it's kind of multi-purpose. It's a greens recycled depot yeah. and it's a productive space to grow food. So we'll come yeah. on through. Yeah. And you know, you've got the classic recycled um, bathtub, worm farm. Um, so everything we do, we really try to demonstrate to people so they can come along and go, oh, wow, that's easy. We can do that. It doesn't have to cost a fortune <laughs> no, to set up no. either. We're all about using resources that are at your fingertips. So we're always looking at things like, you know, curbside supermarket. Yep. There's always heaps of things, you know, that people throw out on their lawns that we have, you know. Repurposed. Repurposed, yeah, and, and taken with the view to recreate something that's purposeful to us and the community. And people drop stuff off all the time. I mean, we have people who have recently just dropped off a couple of compost tumblers to us. Um, you know, some people might do something as simple as drop off scraps. Yep. Someone also opts for the next level up and says, oh, man, we've got a couple of old compost tumblers. We'll drop them off. Food of three might need them. Okay. So stuff like that's really cool when how spontaneously... Do you, how do you go with stuff that you don't want, though? Do you get often stuff that you don't want? Or is that we always find always... a purpose. Okay. Truly, we're, we're so um, grateful for anyone who drops anything off that we've never looked at it and gone, we can't, can't do something with that. With that. Yep. And if there is anything like that, and it's very rare... We'll put a shout out on our Facebook page. Someone comes along and, ta and takes it. So we're giving back to the community. Yep. Nothing gets wasted in food is free land. Nothing. So all the compost that you're collecting across the road in the laneway comes over here? No, no, right. this is separate. Okay. So all the compost that gets dropped off in the laneway goes into my backyard with right. our compost team yep. who make that happen and then the, that eventually comes back here. But what you're looking here is the three-bay compost system made up with recycled pallets. Yep. That's, and it's groaning because there's so much in it at the moment, which is great. This is just what people have dropped off to us okay. in the time that we've been here since March. So, yeah. yeah. We have cafes who now are dropping off stuff in bulk, which is fantastic. So it's not just citizens participating. It's also, you know, cafes and local producers might have some extra surplus stuff to drop off. You know, every and now and then. what do you think motivates them to do that? To not put it... You know, because the council offers a service for them to get rid of their, their waste. Why do you think they, they do? I think I think there's something about, and I don't want to get all country fired about it, but there's something yeah. about people in the country. And look, I know that this is true in the city as well, because I've lived in both, you know, Melbourne and Ballarat. Um, but there's something about community connection with a smaller population, where people have got your back, where people look after you where, you know, the, the Ballarat's a town where there's a lot of sport, there's a lot of sort of um, schools, there's a lot of sort of people wanting to get engaged in volunteer activities, community activities. I think Ballarat's got an incredibly high volunteer rate yep. where people just want to pitch in and help out. Yep. And that's, I guess it's always been prevalent in this town, so we've been really lucky with that. So I think it's just them wanting to give back. Yep. And so many people do, which yep. is really gratifying because, you know, you can kind of get a bit sour on the world and think, oh, you know, not many people sort of think of others. And yeah. an experiment like Food is Free has been such an eye-opener for me in terms of seeing how generous citizens of Ballarat are. I mean, we also have people come get on the train and come down and visit us from Melbourne. You know, people use it as a bit of a tourist um, destination. But um, I am blown away every single day by what people actually do and participate and how they choose to participate. They want to connect people and I think it's 
I think the fact that we're not a religious organisation, I think the fact that we don't have many rules, I think the fact that we're grassroots makes people go, hell yeah, we, we want to pitch in and do something and it might be something really minor or it might be major, like buying a house <laughs> or dropping off some veggie scraps, but every single person who crosses our path helps us in some way, yeah. you know. And I include things like just having a conversation with somebody. That stuff's invaluable. Like, you yeah. know, you cannot put a price tag on that. Yeah. I've seen people who come through our laneway who I know personally have got some pretty bad um, issues with depression and, you know, um, all, all sorts of sort of um, mental health issues. And when they leave the space and they've connected with a complete stranger, their whole outlook changes. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's not about the food. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> it's always about that connection, the community. Yeah. And food just happens to be one of those things that every single person needs on the planet. Yeah. It's one thing that binds us, but what actually does bind us even more so is contact, communication, and knowing that someone's got your back when you're down. That's yeah. the thing. That's so what it's all about. So true. I saw so a, I, I, I did uh, listen to an interesting saying the other day and I don't know who it was from but it was like yeah don't build tall fences just longer tables beautiful you know and I go Absolutely that really beautiful. resonated you know it's yeah. like okay that's gorgeous so this is where we grow the produce we've um this is where um, we're going to get community groups like the Salvos and we want to reach out to anyone who's marginalised and at risk and who is part of a community group that might not have the opportunity to have a plot of land at a community garden to come on down here and garden. Um, they can come to Working Bees. They, they don't have to, you know, be particularly green-thumbed. There's a bunch of activities that we're always asking people to come down and be part of that doesn't involve gardening as well. So we want to set it up so that it's not just, you know, for those who are wanting to greenify the planet. It's just people who want to come down and help and hang out and you know, build something. They might be artistically minded, so they might paint some of our garden beds yep. for us. Um, we're setting up a crafts um, group as well. So there's a bunch of um, our volunteers who actually are retirees and they have indicated that they'd really love to set up a crafts mob so they can do some, you know, little plant IDs for us and make groovy kind of crafty kind of things for our site. And um, just again, that's just their opportunity to hang out together and socialise. And we've got the hall here, so why not? So what is it you find that you, you're lacking in or need more of in terms of resources? Is it finance? <laughs> it's always money, but, you know, yeah. I have that attitude that, you know, if we can beg, borrow, not steal <laughs> something, then we generally have been really lucky with people, you know, um, giving us what we need. I'm, I'm not kidding. Quite often I'll think, oh, man, it'd be really good to get a compost tumbler. And I'm not actually joking when I say, well, turn around next week and it, it suddenly one will appear in yep. the laneway. And I'm not really, I'm not that spiritually minded, but sometimes I just go, what is going on with the universe? Yeah. You know, we've been really lucky. I, I go for a lot of grants and we're not always successful with those sort of things, but we got $1,000 from Landcare Victoria who helped us out in the, you know, um, establishing the green space. So we were able to purchase a whole bunch of tools to, you know, be able to garden and things like that. But as you'll see in the site, like most of these things have been donated. Like our garden beds, those IBCs were donated by a um, local farmer, you know, a horse trainer who said, do you want some IBCs to make some garden beds? Yeah. You know, it, they just appear. The things thing just is, appear. resources are there. They are. Yeah. They're just a matter of uh, being accessible. That's well, all. that's it. And I think also with community groups, you've got to be not shy to ask. You know, we've got an amazing um, group group 
of followers on Facebook and there's 15,000 plus on our Facebook page. And if we put a shout out for something like the other week I asked for some Hessian bags, 20 appeared on my doorstep, you know, overnight, literally. And it was just like, if you don't ask, you don't get. So you have to be aware that people love to give. So you don't have to be um, in a community group, you know, don't be shy to ask. It'll come. Great advice. Lovely space here. And it was also great in the sense of it's it's visual. You've got the oval just here. It's so So green and lush. (laughs) That's it. It can be seen by the the wider public as well. It can. And look, when I asked for this space with um, the council, the pitch that I put to them was that I wanted to use it, you know, to grow food for vulnerable people in um, community garden beds here and teach people how to do it. So have an education bent to it, have the greens recycle. But I said... If you're a citizen of Ballarat where I live and you don't play cricket or football or you don't have kids to go to the playground, which is all within, you know, a few metres of this actual site, there's a croquet club just down the road, there's a kindergarten, there is a bridge club. So it's a very active space. But there's a whole space here that was sitting here vacant that needed to be greenified. And it's a space where people come to do all those activities, but most of them are orientated towards sport. And youth too. So what do you do if you're not in that category? So this is a great space for people to bring their kids, come and garden, learn some skills. If you don't have kids, come on down and um, actually find a space to connect with your community. Because if you don't have kids, it's hard to connect with community. If you're elderly and you're isolated, it's hard to connect with community. That's what Green Space is all about. Bringing all those people who feel a little bit on the fringe and they can't quite connect with people you know if you're a new resident to Ballarat and you come from Africa or you know wherever um, Ballarat can be a little bit clicky and any town can be a little bit clicky so we are very much all about an all-inclusive space to make people feel welcomed and um, that's what we're about that's great thank you very much This episode of the Hungry Gardener podcast is brought to you by yourgrocer.com.au. Simply order online and enjoy same-day delivery right to your kitchen bench. You can choose from some of Melbourne's best independent butchers, bakers, grocers and coffee roasters and receive it all in one delivery. So skip the traffic, parking and queues and go to yourgrocer.com.au. Enter the promo code HUNGRY to receive two weeks free delivery and $20 off your first order. That's yourgrocer.com.au and remember to enter the promo code HUNGRY to receive your discount today. You've been listening to the Hungry Gardener podcast with me, Fabian Capamola. For information or to be notified of the latest episodes, be sure to head to the website, thehungrygardener.com.au. We'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch and tell us your thoughts. It might be suggestions for future guests or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. Shout-outs to Ben Hodson from the Pearl Film Company for producing the show, Frank Alloy from Frank Alloy Design for the logo and the branding, and to Leiden for the intro music track. Thanks for listening.